Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Mom Pickups. Hey, this is me, Todd Novak. We are super excited to have you listening to our little show called The Guitar Knobs Podcast, where we focus on boutique builders of pedals, guitars, amps, and all kinds of other guitar ephemera. And on the line right now, we've got somebody very far away and very, very special. My name is Dr. No, and I'm from Eindhoven, the Netherlands, and I try to build guitar pedals. Dr. No. The Dr. No. Yeah. And his name is just Dr. No, just so, you know, everybody knows. So, yes, this is a long, 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 long distance call. And um, we're going to do the, the very best we can with the powers of the Internet to make sure it is as good of a listening experience for everyone as possible. If there's some hiccups, please excuse us and please forgive us, both of us, uh, the Guitar Knobs and Dr. No. I, I'm just absolutely thrilled to have him on our show. He is responsible for some incredibly creative pedals and has really kind of set the bar over and over and over for maximum awesomeness and creativity. So uh, we're going to get into his story in just a little bit. First, we're going to go hit our, our weekly sort of what's going on in our music worlds this week. Tony. So this week in my musical world, uh, as many of you know, if you're following the podcast, Mr. Novak is putting together a Telemaster guitar. Awesome. And he came up with a really cool, unusual I won't say totally unusual, but a nice twist on the what we call the standard Telemaster design. That's kind of a cross between a jazz master and a telecaster. So he sent a photo over and he brought the body over yesterday and eh, I had a little time on my hands. So I put together a finished piece. It's a wonderful piece of gold it glitter material. It is gorgeous. Uh, it's going to look smoking good on that. The, on the black body that he's putting it on so yeah and it doesn't follow the the typical jazz master bastard kind of uh template for the pick guard we, we did something a little more unique so that's it that's what i was that's what i did yesterday yeah so if you if you want to get one of those you give him a call and, yeah and, and we and it, yeah, after you see the finished product which i'm sure todd will pop oh yeah up i'll there. be posting um, you can take a look at that and you know, that it's just kind of another example. If, if you have maybe a standard guard that you like, uh, like even a Telecaster or something, and you want to do something a little bit different, that's where I come in. Yeah, man. We can change things up, move things around, change the shape, change the material. Do anything. We do it all. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Dr. No, let's hear from you. What's going on in your music world this week? This week I'm preparing a um, a thing for uh, Jack White from the White Stripes. I'm going to meet him and I'm going to work with him. So I'm preparing some stuff that I would like to present to him to maybe collaborate. So that's going on here. Wow, wow that's, that's big news! Big, very news. exciting. What am I going to say now? Yeah, <laughs> how do you call it that one? Yeah. All right, Jared, follow that. <laughs> uh, I'm supposed to call Seymour? No, I'm just kidding. Um, actually, this week, I had these two old vintage pedals. One is a Morley oil can, and another pedal I have is a, an MXR Phase 100. Uh, the Morley oil can, it just needed to... to had It, it just needed to go be gone over. Just kind of tweaked, and there's these 
lasery optical things that they used instead of, you know, the pot or whatever. And those need set for the volume in the wah uh, correctly. And I just couldn't, I could, I just couldn't figure it out myself. And the uh, MXR pedal that was fried um, a few minutes after I pulled it out of the box, I plugged it in and uh, most of the phases worked except for this one setting. And then I started to smell. I mean, it literally started to fry inside Mm. and I couldn't get that smell out of my sinuses for hours. It was nasty. So I sent them to uh, our friend Johnny Balmer, his little... Of Alchemy Audio. And um, mm-hmm. he modified that that MXR pedal, and now it's really awesome. It, it doesn't work exactly like it did before, which is really good because I have another one now that works correctly. What I, did burn out from the phaser? I don't know exactly what diodes and smiodes burnt out but what all i know all i know is that he he fixed it in a way that when you switch the the uh there's four different waves that you can choose and Mm -hmm. each each one now sounds like a different tone so it almost sounds like you're going out of phase when you when you hit the the pedal the speed button really doesn't function anymore like it did before but this is a great pedal if i want to sound uh out of phase and um, but but you know there's a trim pod inside right no yeah there is one try it and because when when you reset it or redial it when you're working on it the 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 outside knob sometimes doesn't work oh. so you have to bias the, the trim pod inside and maybe you can get it work again so try that oh wow i'll i'll uh i'll give that a shot but yeah. uh, that's a great point we all just learned something i love it but anyway, the, it, I got the uh, the oil cam back, and that thing works. It's like brand new now. The thing works great. It's a lot more accurate. The wah is the volume's more accurate. The you know the the Leslie sound sounds like it should. The the lever uh, with the intensity and also the intensity knob on the side. Uh, Johnny did a mm-hmm. good job on these pedals. I just wanted to thank him for that. That's what's going on in my world this week. Quick turnaround too, right? Very, yeah, nice. yeah very yeah. fast. Yeah. Good. Um, you top that, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it's not, I, I don't have anything that I was playing with, but I am looking for, I think I'm on the hunt for something new because I'm, I'm, my pedal board, my uh, gigging pedal board is going to be coming in pretty soon, I think. I have determined that I probably need to invest in a volume pedal. I've never really used one, but I'm I'm trading out with three guitars for my set, and those are all based on pickup configuration, really. And uh, so I started looking at a couple volume pedals, and I think I'm gravitating towards the uh, the Tapestry Audio one. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful pedal. That, that's like one of those ones that you see in like the museum art stores. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's just like it's just so clean. Yeah, they're great. I really love the the, the Ernie Balls, the, the the old ones. That's that those always work. The V are very reliable. Yeah. Okay. Good. With the chords, you know, I love those. Well, I was also checking out the um, the Dunlop one that also doubles as an expression pedal. Um, yeah. I noticed that a lot of a lot of folks have those on the board, so I'm just kind of kicking those around. Um, Love to hear the audience's uh, uh, input on uh, what they use and why. Uh, Dr. No, do you use a volume pedal? 
Yeah, I used the Ernie Ball, and I also tried the Dunlop, the, uh-huh. the new ones, but just like you mentioned before. And but I they break down a lot, so they uh. they fail a lot, and I have to I've tried three, I guess. Oh, but I always come back to the Ernie Balls, and sometimes the cord breaks, but you can easily re- re- replace that. I love the, I love the Ernie Balls, and they are the most reliable pills, volume pills there there are on the market. So yeah, I mean, there's a reason that there's so many of them out there for sure. Um, yeah, the thing yeah. that has me interested about the Tabstry Audio one is that the actual mechanism it's not so it's not a gear thing and it's not an optical. It's actually a, a le- like a lever, like a like an arm lever. It's very oh yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. and the design of them are they're just really <laughs> they're pretty beautiful pedals. Um, yeah, they're beautiful. They're a little pricey. I'm not going to lie. But uh, anyway, so I'm just considering that. How much are they, those pills? Uh, one, 180 US, I believe, which is okay. a lot for well, a volume a good, pedal. But yeah, but maybe a good investment, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because, hey, if you don't, if you oh. have to buy another one because it breaks down, then you've doubled your price already. So exactly. we'll see what happens. We'll see. I'll, I'll keep everybody uh, updated on that business. I think I and there's an incoming signal. There's an incoming signal from the Netherlands. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Okay, Doctor No, give us your much anticipated four on the floor. I just bought a heat kit, TA twenty eight, the the Mark Farner's fuss. Oh. Uh, yeah, from the Grand Funk Railroad, and um, I really like this. Two transistor fuzz. It's it's very very gated and very square wave. I'm a really big fan of the Grand Funk Railroad myself. That's why I bought it. I had to look for it for quite a while, but I found one for uh, 150 bucks. You're kidding? And, uh, yeah, that sounds like a good price. It's a good price. But but the original price was uh, eighteen bu- eighteen bucks uh, at the time <laughs> and they released it. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a good price, but it's a good pedal, and I I want to spend it. <laughs> oh, I want to spend that kind of money on it because it's a really cool pedal. That's cool, boy. And we get need to get him to sign that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I wish. Yeah. And the second one is the prescri- prescription electronics, the uh-huh. experience pedal. It's one of my first, I think, first boutique pedals ever. Uh, I also think this company was one of the first boutique builders around. And I got it from a friend who collects um, all kinds of vintage pedals. It's a very big collection. And uh, because of him, I started building back pedals, actually. He has this great, great uh, collection. And... Uh, I tried some pedals of him. They were pretty much affordable for me to 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 uh, purchase, and I um, tried to rebuild and clone those kind of effects for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he uh, he recently died, and he uh, left me the prescription electronics experience pedal. So that's one. That's basically my my number one pedal that I use a lot for myself. Um, third is the Univox Superfuzz. I think that's one of the greatest pedals ever made. Very expensive, very rare to find. I bought mine for uh, with a box in Superman condition for seven hundred dollars on eBay. So wow, that was also the most expensive pedal I ever bought. But it's totally worth it it's like in mint condition and 
I'm a pretty big fan of Fu Manchu, and and that's kind of the pedal they use as a main sound. And that's cool. They, for me, they made it famous. And yeah, and um, maybe it's a bit biased, but the fourth is like the the, the pedal I did with David uh, catching. It's the octave. First of all, flying machine. I use that a lot. It's one of my personal favorite pedals that I built with him. It was totally his idea to combine that kind of uh, uh, effects together with the wings and stuff like that. And I use it a lot. So that's my fourth pedal that I have on for four on the floor. So well, that is this my this. That's a pretty iconic pedal. Yeah, but it's 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 uh, most of the people when they see my pedals, they're like, yeah, they they look cool, but do they also sound cool? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always have to <laughs> explain that I don't spend like a million bucks on looks if it just sounds bad or yeah. So it, it really sounds good, and I, I it's it's a lot of fun. You can do a lot of things with it, and you can almost. Uh, uh, make sitar sounds of it until extreme screaming fuss wah kind of tones and i i use it a lot so this this that's why it is my favorite pedal awesome. not because i build it but it's just great sounding uh, <laughs> so this is the one if if anybody's looking around uh hopefully you're, you have already again if you're not driving are looking up dr no effects uh on the the internet or on Instagram, and the one that we're describing just now is the red, white, and blue one with the wings on the back, right? Yeah. That is a heck of a pedal. Awesome. Well, um, I've personally been really looking forward to hearing this because, um, you know, you're... Yeah. You're famous in the pedal industry, so it's always interesting to to hear what, you know, the people who are making outstanding things, what they actually play. And uh, it, it was great yeah. to hear that from you. So uh, I know most of the audience listening is like, enough already. Let's talk to Dr. No about his pedals. So on word with that, uh, if, if anybody isn't familiar with these pedals, uh, at least by name, but you are, you know, out there looking at, uh, at, at Instagram and, and well, mostly Instagram and the, and the web. Um, you may have seen one that looks like a giant turd or a giant pile yeah. of poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Literally. Yeah. Yes. Literally. And, uh, and then you just reintroduced the, the skull. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exciting. So there's, I love to provoke, you know, I love to uh, make weird things that aren't out there and, uh, just make fun things. I never look what's going on in the markets. Actually, I'm pretty much living in a sort of creative dome that I, I, I never look. I, I Actually, I don't really know what's going on in, in the pedal world. I only want to focus on what's within my possibilities to create and what I like to create. And for example, the third was like, yeah, you always stomp on a pedal. Why don't you stomp on a poop? That's <laughs> fun. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's the basic that that uh, that came out when I was under the shower. You mean so? I was, I was like, when I came out of the shower, I started building this third, and um, and I started developing foam versions of it. And I, I basically want to provoke and 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 uh, uh, generate that that there is more possible within this genre than just plain Hammond boxes. You know? Yeah. And that's what I have to do. 
you're most of the time you're 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 always using hammond boxes because it's easy you make a cool design on it and you make a concept around it but it's more fun to mm, create outside of that hammond box you know your pedals themselves uh aside from the actual enclosure side are often adorned with very unique little items such as um bird skulls and mm-hmm. um and then you know and brains and now your most recent pedal which has really taken the guitar world by storm it's the uh, the moon oh, is that Canyon. true <laughs> oh yeah i mean every, yeah. everybody's oh well that's all i'm hearing about right now you know the moon canyon is uh is something that i think we'll get into that in great detail in just a little bit i don't want to jump right into that one but i would love to get understanding of the background of how you got into building the kind of pedals you do where did you start out in music i started out in music when i was um 14 i played guitar before and uh after a while i'll uh, i was asked by local bands to be their roadie and later on guitar tech and uh in, in the beginning it was for pretty small bands that were local uh, after a few years um I got asked by more famous bands in the Netherlands and Europe to tour with them, beat our guitar tech. And what I did was repair stuff as well when bells broke down. Or Besides that, I was playing myself, making music myself. And um, uh, I, I was studying and, and being a guitar tech and being a roadie wasn't really making a lot of money out of it. So I, I really liked those old pedals, but I couldn't afford those pedals. So I basically started... Um, building stuff myself and um, trying to learn how to build pedals myself. First, I started with the simple basics, even with uh, build your own clone kind of things that, that I just to see how things are, were working. And I uh, learned myself how to, to, to uh, uh, do the basics on building guitar pedals. And uh, after that, people were asking me, Hey man, can you build me some, some of this, some of that? And I failed many times and, but, uh, after a while, I, uh, a lot of people were asking about it and I was, why are you asking to make this kind of pedals? You know, the, the pedal industry is evolving into digital, uh, more advanced kind of pedals. And why are you asking me to build this kind of analog crap? And <laughs> Uh, they were like, yeah, we're we're still looking for the real deal, and we are trying these digital uh, kind of pedals and new kind of pedals. But there is something undefined about it that is uh, not really inspiring about those instruments. And we are musicians, so we like to be inspired by the music, uh, uh, instru- musical instruments that we use. And this isn't the case with how it's going on in the in the in the pedal world nowadays. So. Can you build us up that kind of old crappy devices? And uh, I was uh, surfing all those guys for free <laughs> because it was my hobby and I didn't charge anything. And after a while, I was uh, also building for myself because it was affordable for me to, uh, to, to buy at that time and uh, scaled up my skills to, to do advanced stuff, uh, still analog. And after a while, I was... I was on tour with uh, with Peter Pan Speed Rock. It was a it's it's a it's a Dutch band who uh, really became yeah, pretty famous in, in in Europe and also 
partly in the US and we toured and we played a gig with uh, Queens of the Stone Age. I think it was in 2004 or five. And um, I was I was also working to to build a reputation, also building a, a small company to to uh, sell my bills. So I was looking for a, a company name. And um, so we were playing uh, at the same festival as uh, Queens of the Stone Age. And I was a very big fan of those guys. And after the gig, I went to uh, to Troy, who was playing also at that time. He was just there, I think. Um, he, was, he was a new member. And I checked out his gear. And on the side of the gear was a, was a Ernie Ball volume pedal. And on the side, there was Dr. No. And I was, why is there Dr. No on your pedal boards and on your, on your pedals? And this tech guy from uh, uh, Queen said, yeah, because he always looks like Dr. No in his suit. So his nickname was Dr. No at the time. And I was like, hey man, <laughs> I figured myself as a, uh, as a uh, doctor at my attic in my own laboratory. And I, I never, never really, because when you're a guitar tech, you're always in the background and I never like to be in the foreground. Um, I wanted to figure out how to make stuff without being me. I found it interesting without leaving my, uh, with, with leaving my ego outside. So I was, I was developing this idea that a fictional figure was building these kind of pedals that wasn't even me. Uh, from there, I uh, started developing Dr. No effects and I was working on that label at that time, very small, very local. And uh, from there, I started building like simple things with cool graphic because I thought that was missing at that time in the musical industry market. So I was I was creating colorful stuff with cool designs and pretty, pretty good uh, internals. So uh, and but after a while, I was beginning very tired of it. But also at the same time, people were approaching me like people who were on uh, my bedroom posters, you know. And I got asked by Chris Cornell's Guitar Tech and I got asked by Alan Johannes and all of the, uh, yeah, a lot of those desert guys were approaching me to, to they were curious to what I was doing at the time. I always wanted to be a artist. I want, always wanted to be make art. I'm art consumes me, and I always in my head, I'm always creating stuff. So I, I pretty much wanted to do more like a conceptual art with a functional device kind of concept. So I was, uh, I was figuring out, figuring out how to do that. And my first collaboration was a local guy. And the second one with one of my guitar heroes, Elaine Johannes. And he has this very amazing life story. I don't know if you heard this life story about him. No. No, that's, you have to check it out. You have to check it out. It's pretty much amazing. He, he's like, I see him and I think those guys also see him like the godfather of that local scene of the desert scene, like Queens of the Stone Age and all those guys, even Chris Cornell uh, asked him to, to tour with him, write songs with him. He did his first solo album, Euphoria Morning. Alan wrote that full album with his wife. His wife died in 2008. And uh, 
And I was so inspired by that, by that story. It was a, it was, it's one of the most beautiful love stories I've ever heard. So I was so inspired by his story, but I'm always inspired by how he creates tones and sounds. So unorthodox, so, uh, so Ellen Johannes signature that I was, I was getting in contact with him and, and he was so nice. And yeah, we became kind of friends and I was, Hey man, I just want to write a book about you, but in a form of a guitar pedal. And from that moment on, I was, Hey, this is kind of the direction that I want to go and want to move forward to, uh, in this stage of my uh, business. I don't want to do what everyone else do, uh, does in, in this, in this market. So basically what you see on the LN, the L1111 uh, pedal with the, with the birds scrolls mm -hmm. is a full life story of him, but also his musical DNA is captured in the circuits. So the tones he makes from all those unorthodox kind of combinations of pedals, I made in one device. So this, that pedal is him, it is his DNA, but also the, the whole story is on the pedal. For example, there are four knobs on the first section of the pedal. It's a two, two in one guitar effect, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a first with a filter and he, he, he kind of makes that kind of tones. He invented that kind of tones and Joshua copied it a little and, and a lot of other uh, guys copied it from him. So uh, about the knobs, there are four knobs on the 11-11 pedal. And uh, those his lucky number is 11-11. Studio is called 11-AD. All kinds of weird things and magical things happen on 11-11 in his world. I also experienced that myself when I was wow. with him. And uh, so it's kind of magic. So I found some old, uh, old uh, Chilean coins from his birth date. So that makes it's uh, one, uh, what's it called? Uh, one, uh, mm, I don't know the, the, the currency, but uh, one, one kind of uh, Chilean coin. And his wife, uh, Natasha uh, uh, is born in Russia. So I found two identical one kopekas. That's uh, this, this uh, currency of Russia. And I made those in two 11, 11 knobs. So that's a story about knobs. That's, and I, I, man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's it's pretty, pretty, it goes very far, you know, and not everybody does understand what it's, what, what it's all about, but it's mainly, yeah, made for him. You know, it's also a bit of a private story that you don't tell everyone. Sure. So it's, uh, it's captured in there. And, and from the filter side, it's like a, a, a two knob. Uh, one is a chicken head and one is a magpie. So I asked him what, what relation do you think Natasha was in, 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 in terms of a bird? And she was, yeah, she was a magpie. Hmm. And I'm more like a chicken. So I made a chicken and a magpie knob and those work like a marriage. So, Sometimes they went in certain position when you set them on certain dials, they are total opposites and they argue in terms of tone and sound. And at some positions they are like a very good marriage. So that's what I, that's the whole concept about um, the 1111 uh, pedal. And I was so uh, intrigued by doing it this way. So more telling a story, making a concept with an artist that inspires me to do it. From there on, I want to 
to proceed. So I don't want to, to make pedals anymore just to make pedals because there are 7,000 builders nowadays. And uh, like, I, like I said, I don't want to offend all the builders, but we kind of do everything the same thing, you know, and uh, with exceptions. And, and um, I don't want to uh, do the same thing everyone else does. So I don't want to look at what everyone else does. I don't, I just want to create art with artistic people for creative people. I want to build for creative people, be inspired, be an inspiring instrument and to, to play with, to, uh, to work with and to create with. And that's what I, from there on, I was, this is the kind of the direction I feel comfortable in. Because before that beginning, I was kind of, yeah, I'm just making guitar pedals. It's not really has a as a story or a soul, or I just make instruments that are products. And I don't want to make products. I want to make art. So from there on, I, I was uh, I was getting approached by by many others uh, other artists that are um, yeah like that kind of uh, feel and. Uh, uh, story behind a product. I refused a lot to work with with uh, a few people that I uh, didn't feel inspired by to create because you have to you have to. It's like writing a book, and you only can write a book when you're inspired by a person. Otherwise, it it doesn't get any. I, I don't think you get a real good story when you. Don't aren't connect with the with the people you write for mm -hmm. or about. So uh, after a while, um, uh, Troy Van Leeuwen contacted me, and David Ketching contacted me to to work on those kind of concepts. Hey, you make very special stuff, and I would like to work with you and make something special too. So I did. So I did it the same with Troy and the same with David. I did the same with uh, the Moon Canyon with, with Sarah. And uh, I think I'm also going to do the same with, with Jack White. To listen what they have to say. Who are those people? Uh, what kind of direction do they want to go to uh, sound-wise, tone-wise? And from there on, I start writing and I start uh, creating pedals for them the concept, the story, capture their DNA inside a pedal, make it in a concept that suits their identity and, um, and, and build it. And it, it's sometimes, for example, for the moon Canyon, it took me two years to, to develop and think about it and leave it and throw it, throw it around and stomp on it. And, uh, just to, 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 uh, come any further with the development of that kind of pedal sometimes it's it 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 stops the creation process stops because you don't know enough about the artist you're working with so you just simply uh start a conversation with questions that you have basically about the personality of the of the artist you're working with it's not about technical stuff it's about personality and from there on i translate that into tonal devices and tonal tweaks and uh cosmetic concepts so and from there on you develop further and further to 
to at uh, at the end you have a, a a fully developed concept with tones. You ship them over to try them out. You get them back with. You have to do adjust some things and or just uh, start all over again. It happens sometimes. And at the end you have a have a, a creation. I call it uh, for basically. Uh, for the artists you're working with, you're not aiming or listening to the audience that are probably going to buy it. You make it because of the person that is in front of you that you are working with. And if somebody else likes it, that's a, that's cool. But I don't create for an audience, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what I'm what I'm heading to now, and what where I feel comfortable in and. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically the story and 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 the, the the moment where I am now. I can honestly say this is officially the longest I've never spoken on <laughs> on this <laughs> podcast. You shut Todd down. Uh, yeah, well, I, I thought that we were. I was going to have to actually pull information out of you because you have you you have such an elusive presence on on the you know and out in the guitar world and the internet and. Yeah, <laughs> that is not the case. I, no, I've, I've been completely just in, engulfed in, in your story. This is fantastic. Cool. Oh, that's nice. You said yeah, something yeah. in yeah. particular uh, about leaving it alone and coming back to it. I come from um, a creative industry as well. And I think that the one of the toughest things when for person, anybody creating anything is to give yourself permission to not be okay with the thing that you're making or the, at the point in time that you're in, it's very, very difficult to have the discipline to say, I've spent, you know, 10, 12 hours on this. I need to walk away, come back and see if it still makes sense. And then even harder to say, it's not okay. And I need to break it again, or I need to, I need to rethink something. That's very difficult to do. It's very difficult to do, and sometimes it, it's you're on the edge of of quitting, yes. and and you're on the edge of being mad about the the project or even the artist who is not releasing enough information for you to work with, while you are spending thousands of hours in investigating in how to work with a uh, an artist, and that sometimes is frustrating, but it's also at the same time a romantic thing mm-hmm. to. Uh, to be involved with um, and it also brings you uh, a lot further in terms of the creative process huh yeah I, I do completely you said you know a romantic process of myself and and other people that are that are you know creating all kinds of different things we often hear the term oh I, I fell in love with this idea or I fell in love with this design and yeah. the difference is falling in love with an idea is one thing falling in love with the product that it actually becomes, is another just like a relationship when you start to fall in love with something that you know isn't right it's so hard to back away from it's it's exactly it's it's so difficult how do you go through that process how do you how do you press on yourself or how do you know whether it's wrong or right do you use somebody else no it's just a gut feeling and uh it's all intuitive so it's it's basically uh, when it feels right but but you also know that it's a it's a process of at least one year so you prepare to to lose that kind of time in, in the process. So you always know um, you can do it in a week. You can write a book in a week or you can uh, uh, get to know a person in one week. You have to spend a lot of time observing, 
talking, hanging around, uh, meeting, mm -hmm. all kinds of things to to uh, develop an idea. So that takes a lot of time, and for your own process, when when that person isn't around, you're you're trying things. You're uh, what kind of person is, for example, Troy Van Leeuwen? Uh, who is he? Uh, I don't want to watch um, interviews to get to know him. I want to, who are you? Uh, what are you doing? What kind of person are you? And he's, he's, he's kind of close. So that was one of the most uh, difficult processes for me to develop in. He was not letting loose anything. And, and I was, I also felt a bit connected with him because he's, he's pretty, he's a pretty dark guy. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty intense and he has his own music, a musical identity. He doesn't let go any information about himself. So you have to read somebody. And so that was one of the most difficult processes to develop on. But he asked me. So after a while, I said, hey, man, if you can tell your story, I can't make you those pedals. Yeah. So you have to open up, you know? Yeah. You have to be more, but that guy didn't really know me personally. So he didn't know if, if he can trust me and what I do with that kind of information. So I had to earn his trust to, Hey man, yeah, you can tell me, I just use this for my creative process. It's not that I'm telling the darkest secrets to everybody else in a, in a interview or whatever, or, so that's after a while he began to trust me and told me more about him and we met him I met him a couple, couple of more times with at Alan's place for example and he was more comfortable there because he's a very good friend of Alan and he, he was uh, oh so this guy is also a friend of one of my good friends so it's okay to to trust him mm -hmm. so after a while um, I was a pretty dark guy and I developed the two Troy Van Leeuwen battles that you probably know or have seen or well, if you haven't about them on the show oh yeah cool with well it, it was it was during one of our would you rather we were choosing between one of the two uh, pedals so uh, please carry on actually really, really quick you, you mentioned something um, you're you're very much talking about the, the process and you've alluded to uh, several times. You're essentially creating a portrait of this person that you're building the, the pedal around. Exactly. And it's, it's interesting. Um, there's a, there's a show out on Netflix called the crown. Don't be fooled. It's not a sappy story about, you know, British royalty. It's, it's actually a historic um, document. I, I think the sequence in which, Winston Churchill is having his official portrait made. You're describing it like word for word. Like the artist has to sit there and get to know him in order to pull yeah. out those things that people that know somebody for ages. If we think about any like major actors that we've seen so many times on the screen, I think are like Robert Duvall. He just, he mm -hmm. does this thing with his teeth that nobody else does. And the minute you yeah. do that, you're like, that's Robert Duvall. Right. So to be able yeah. to capture that thing that doesn't, happen over and I'm, I'm so glad you're, you're talking about this process because it exactly but how do you translate that into a guitar pedal you know right and that is kind of my my thing uh, how do you how do you capture a a person's dna into a guitar pedal in concept but also in tone there are two different worlds you know mm -hmm. but you have to combine those yeah the, 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 the artists that you were working with and uh, feel inspired by 
they have to they, they have to be like at the end of the whole process so when it's a finished product they have to be yeah man i feel very comfortable with this i i i this my it's my basically my identity into a pedal yeah and that's what i'm aiming at at the moment but it's very difficult because like artists like for example uh, troy or uh, uh jack white in the future cases they are like touring people always busy never have time for anything and it's very difficult to get real and honest feedback about well, what are you doing at the moment with the, with with the with the process of developing? So they it's, they are like, <laughs> and it's also uh, I don't know if you notice, but European and especially the Dutch people are very direct. They are very confronting, and they are like, "Hey man, what do you like? Do you like it or not? Please tell me what you like and what you don't like, so I can work on it." And they are like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know that you're working on it for several thousands of hours and mm-hmm. they don't want to offend you. And But I have to go on. So I need the correct and, and honest info to, to make progress. Right. And that's also basically I, I, I work only with U.S. Uh, artists. So that's the difficult part of communication because I want to be direct. I want to. To, to go forward in the process and they are like very uh how do you say it? uh gentle <laughs> they yeah. don't want to offend you but i want to be offended because that that's the only thing that that makes me go on and <laughs> develop further <laughs> that, that's a that's a great uh, quote <laughs> i like that um so talking about this process you obviously uh well maybe not obviously to everyone uh i i apologize for that see look at me here i am apologizing um so you've got a new pedal out that is just it's out it's out there it's outstanding it is incredibly loaded with all kinds of just little wonders and here's the thing one of the reasons i'm so glad that you're being so open and and candid and and talking about all your processes is that i think for the most part most people don't understand that that you have that you actually have a big process behind this and you're not just creating little gimmicky pedals it's it could be very easy for people to come to that conclusion um, without bothering to, you know, visit your site, read your story, or or hopefully listen to this podcast. So as you as you have this new pedal out, and it's called the Moon Canyon, everybody, um, yeah. Tell us, get, 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 deliver us the Moon Canyon. Yes. All right. So um, before uh, there was this uh, Iggy Pop. Um, post-pop depression tour yeah with uh with with also again the guys with queens of the stones but i got invited to to see the show in amsterdam by troy so i went there and there was this girl who was doing the uh the support and i to be honest i didn't see her show because i always go straight to this uh, the main act if i don't have a lot of time so I uh, didn't see her, but when I got backstage, I, I saw I saw this this girl sitting, and uh, Troy was immediately. You have to meet her. She's like the queen of pedals. I was like, okay, but I didn't really talk to her anymore. And uh, uh, after a while, I um, 
while I, um, I, I came across her Instagram, I think. And she was doing pretty, pretty honest stuff, if you know what I mean. It was like very, um, yeah, I've never heard that kind of music and uh, intuitive music before. It was also done by a girl that is, I'm very impressed when girls stand out in a, in a uh, man's world and uh, do their thing mm -hmm. with any, without any doubt and with a lot of uh, persuasion. And I was inspired by w what she did. It wasn't really like a, a song structure. It was more like a, uh, yeah, a feeling. And I was inspired by that. So it was new for me. It was like basically a new genre. I, I found out a new genre and uh, I was inspired by it. So it was like, okay, what she's, what, she, what she's, well, what she's doing. Um, um, and I, I started listening more to her and uh, I followed her on Instagram and she was like doing new pedal stuff every, almost every day things that I've never heard of or combinations that I never heard of. And, and we got in context and I contacted, contacted her and I said, Hey, what, I was that guy in, uh, in Amsterdam and, uh, yeah, I just like what you're doing. So have a nice day. And we moved on and she, she was, she was, um, I still, I, I kept following her. I was intrigued by how she made music, how secure she was. And, uh, so after a while, there was this comment about this guy about the post she did. And, uh, he was like, um, you should make your own pedal. And that was one of her, uh, big wishes to do an own, uh, her own pedal. And she owns like thousands, I think. And, uh, and I was like, are you serious about making a pedal? Because I think if we can talk and we can, uh, communicate a little, a little bit, and we, we can do something. I'm pretty much inspired by what you do, and uh, let us see if we can work together. And she was, she was so excited. I totally didn't know who she was, so um, uh, I think one. So we agreed to to work on the pedal with with no deadline or with no ambition or whatever. So. Um, I didn't know much about her. She's, yeah, she's not really uh, open, I think. So I was going to Ellen, uh, I think last year, May. And uh, I, I, uh, she's also in LA. So we met up and we, we, we hung out a couple of days and I went to a show that she did in the Echo in LA. And uh, I observed and I talked to her and, and, uh, it just captured me. I was total, totally inspired by how she did it on her own, carrying those uh, huge amps, um, no roadies or she was all on her own. And it was so inspiring and cool to see. And the music she made was really coming from, I don't know if it's emotion or hard or I don't know, but it, it was, it was, uh, inspirational and really, really authentic. You don't see a lot of authentic things nowadays. Yeah. So from there on, I, I was, okay, let me, let me, let me figure out something. And, um, she lives in, 
part of LA and I think the district is called Moon or now no it is called the Moon Canyon. And um I was driving up our place. Here in Holland the, the, the environment isn't isn't really spectacular. So when you're in the US it's 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 uh, very much uh, spectacular all the time when you look around. So I was driving up the hill. It's a very steep hill. I was uh, uh, driving to this sign that says Moon Canyon. And I stopped the car and the view was like so beautiful and uh, so quiet. And I drove uh, a little bit further to our house. And uh, and it was uh, when we uh, met the first time. And she told me how she works and made some music. And we uh, went to the gig. And from there on, I started developing this romantic theme with that moment that I stopped at that mountain that I looked over the view in, in Moon Canyon. And, and she is also, I think she's also pretty dark. And uh, I find that intriguing. And that's why I developed the whole uh, mystic uh, Art Nouveau style cosmetics. But also it was very difficult to, she has a lot of pedals and uh, a lot of pedal builders that she, uh, pedals of pedal builders that she use are very in, uh, innovative and very complex. And I was like, I can top that, you know, I, I can make things, but not that complex or digital or whatever. So I had also had to work outside my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty exciting. That's also why it took two years to develop. Two years. So wow. yeah, two years. So, wow. and, and one pedal or one circuit wasn't enough to cover her, her signature. So I had to figure out how to combine things that she, that is basically her signature thing to use her basics. Or when you, when you use these three pedals, they became three uh, different uh, circuits that can be called as a novella or Sarah's kind of setup. So I tried to build three different, different circuits and send it over to try and At the mean, meantime, it was okay. She she's also inspired by moon cycles and and what 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 kind of um, atmosphere those moon cycles uh, are generating in in life. So I was basically okay. Let's do a moon cycle then. So you have three effects and let's make a, a moon that lights up in three cycles. So you have a three cycle moon cycle. One lights up, uh, uh, the, the overdrive lights up apart and the reverb and the delay lights up apart. And when you uh, engage them all three at the same time, you have a full moon. So that's basically what I was thinking about. But because she's also, her, uh, her uh, artist name is Noveller. I wanted to be, I wanted to make a, Like I, like I told you before, I'm trying to write a book in the form of a guitar pedal mm -hmm. and her name is Noveller. So I made a novel, uh, a book to put the guitar pedal in. So that made the story and the concept complete. And uh, I uh, underestimated the time that I was spending on it to build it and to make it in series because I can only build one pedal physically a day mm -hmm. so that's this this it takes one it takes me one day to build one pedal wow. one moon canyon it's very complex and it's uh, I, i use the old point to point and wire to wire technique so it's 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 a lot of work so i underestimated that i can only do a a limited edition of, of 350 pieces and then i'm done you know physically and mentally and then i want to do something else 
so we yeah we we decided to make 350 and i can only do 50 a moon cycle so what we do is um we release 50 of the 350 in total on every full moon <laughs> that's amazing so that's that i think that was the that was the cherry on the topping you know it was like okay you have to you have to do something special about the release as well because nowadays when you make a new pedal you develop it in two years and you you bring it out the news is only valid or relevant for like one month and then you have to come up with something new but it's physically impossible for me because i developed in two years so right it's impossible to 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 bring out every every uh, month a new creation in my uh in my way of working. So that's basically what I did with the moon Canyon. Yeah, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the most, How long this is, did it take thing. 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that's outstanding. And you know, we're not going to, there's plenty of places on the internet that everybody can go see this working and get into, you know, the delay, the reverb, the loop, the drive, all that business. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a unique piece of equipment of art of culture it's really amazing the artist you're talking about i believe her instagram is at lip state if i'm correct yeah yeah okay. lip yeah. state l-i-p-s-t-a-t-e so definitely check out the artist that inspired this pedal yeah oh, everybody who's listening doctor man this has been such a great interview it's been the easiest interview because i haven't had to pull questions out of you um and after the startup huh yeah but but also because i'm a great fan of yours from a creative standpoint first and foremost um, thank you and uh this has been a real treat we're going to get to our segment right now called would you rather Okay, this week's Would You Rather. So your childhood favorite band is touring, and you have a chance to go. Here's the big part of it. Since it's your favorite childhood band, would you rather A, go on stage with them and play a song, or B, would you rather have one of their guitars? Tony. Yes. You're first up. Oh, gosh. I mean, both. I mean, I, I guess it would really depend on the artist, but I I think having the guitar would last longer. Uh-huh. Especially, and I, I wouldn't risk getting booed off stage either. Right. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go with the guitar. Okay. Okay. Just out of curiosity, first artist off the top of your head that you want that guitar from. Oh, Boom. gosh. Go. Uh, Paul McCartney. Okay. There you go. Tony. Or Todd. Just kidding. <laughs> Jared. Todd. <laughs> okay. I'm Jared. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the other. I'm I'm gonna play on stage, and of course that's gonna be Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. He's it's Led Zeppelin, all hands down. I, I love Kansas a lot, but Led Zeppelin <laughs> is it. So okay. and I would rather play a song with Jimmy Page because I I just I don't know. I think his guitar needs to stay with him. Uh, so I would just rather have the opportunity to play with Jimmy Page rather than have the guitar. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll take the experience. Doctor Doctor No. Yeah. What? For me, it's a. I have enough guitars 
And I agree with, with uh, sure. that it may last longer, but um, I go with I go with A. Uh, I, 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 I would love to play a song with them. It's all about the music and not about the instruments, right? There you go. There you go. This is a really, this is a hard one. Everybody said this was easy. This is really hard for me. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm going to say uh, that I would rather have the guitar and remain a fan rather than break that barrier. That's a weird, weird thing to say. But if I'm a super fan of that band, there's just, I, there's something about that having that connection and um, I would like, uh, I think, to be handed uh, the guitar by one of your favorite artists would be like, I mean, I can't think of really a bigger like, wow, maybe. Um, and uh, I think mine would probably. Uh, Pink Floyd. No, I'd have to be Joe Strummer. Really? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Okay. To get Joe Strummer's Telecaster? Hit, are you kidding? It's just the Telecaster. Pink Floyd. What? Wait, did you just say it's just a telecaster? It's just a telecaster. Holy crap. I just about, I'm going to kick this desk over. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you just said it's that. It's just a guitar. No, it's not just a guitar. It's yes, not it just is. a guitar. Anyways, this, uh, this Would You Rather was inspired by one of our um, audience members, Jonathan Jerusik, uh, who won a contest to play on stage with 30 Seconds to Mars. Whoa. And, oh. And he got up and killed it. Yep. Absolutely oh, wow. owned yeah. it. Yeah. Oh wow! Did you rehearse? I, I I mean I I don't know. I guess if you know if you're a big fan, you're probably playing the, their their tunes at home anyway. So it was great oh, for him to share that with us. It, yeah. It, Congratulations. It, excellent, excellent work, Jonathan. Okay, so Doctor No, I believe you have something to tell everybody. Or you. Or me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we'll tell yeah. everybody. Um, you have the honor, okay? Oh, yeah. really? Wow. No, I can't. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. The great doctor has bestowed upon us a moon canyon to give away. What? Now, everybody, don't drive your car into the, <laughs> into the median if you're driving. <laughs> um, and don't run out the door with your headphones on if you're plugged into the computer. <laughs> uh, I want. I, I'm, I'm incredibly honored to wow. be able to announce that to everybody. And so we will, we will set up a, uh, a proper way to get this to the people. Um, I'm incredibly that's, that's excited about cool. this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I never do this actually because because of the time and the expenses and I don't believe in giveaways, but this is a very special occasion for me. So, wow. yeah, I'm happy to give well, I wouldn't one mind. away. I wouldn't mind having just one of the moon balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I send you one, okay? I send you a keychain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, everybody, uh, I'm sure you're going to keep in tune. We're probably going to get quite a few emails about this. I will... I will be sure to get it out there. He's go tell us when you're going to uh, be able to get this pedal out. I'm going to release it on the second full moon that's coming up. It's July 27. So I'm working on them right now and I'm trying to get the majority ready uh, July 27. And it's actually on the uh, full moon dates. So wow. that's, that's amazing. That's cool. Okay, so uh, as soon as we get word on that, um, we will try to do the actual giveaway right around that time. 
And um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just absolutely, I'm honored. I'm thrilled that you feel that this is worthy of, uh, of yeah, getting one of yeah. those. Um, we, we've got an audience that is, uh, you know, full of, of plenty of your fans. So this is a big one. Thank you. You bet. Now, where can people find you uh, and your work online? Uh, when I'm online, you can just go to my shop. It's basically my main website. I also have a, a regular website, but I'm not really uh, working on it right now. So the, the full information and uh, the background of the, the pedals that I like to write out on uh, as the description of the pedals are on minus effects.com and I'm on Instagram and I'm not doing a lot of social media on Twitter and Facebook. So mainly Instagram. Yeah, I'm very active there. I try to post processes and storytelling and uh, people that, uh, that I like to share uh, their experiences about my pedals with. And the, the main information is on the shop. Excellent. Excellent. Tony. Where can people find you? Well, of course, go to the website, which is pickguardian.com. But I also have been doing a lot also on Instagram, a little bit on Facebook. But uh, both of those are pickguardian1, pickguardian and the number one. Excellent. And if you're building a, a, a jazz master bastard, yeah, there's a guy. There's, there's a, I know a, a guy. He's got a great template for this. And we'll post pictures of that too. Jared? I am a boutique pickup builder. I build vintage and new style pickups. You can find me on I'm on the uh, in the emails uh, Jared at brandonwoundpickups.com, J A R E D and uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, give me a call too. Uh 419-559-9056. <laughs> Go ahead and call. All right. And we'll talk about pickups. You want to give your license plate number too? Or? Uh, that is B <laughs> no, my space gosh, stop, wound. Stop. And no, uh, maybe cool. your he social did, security number. He, he did get uh, a vanity plate for his new car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can send me a note at Todd at theguitarnobs.com. We love to hear from you guys. We love for you to share on our Facebook uh, group page specifically. Um, if you have things that you want the rest of our audience to share in, make sure you do it on the group page. And Tony, we got a few people to thank real quick. We would love to thank our executive producers. Yep. You may be asking yourself, how? How could I, just this regular guy on the street, become an executive producer of such a well-known and well-broadcast podcast? Mm. Mm. And the answer is very simple. You would go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and there are various levels that you can participate in we always recommend the executive producer level why jared because you get your name read on the thing and, and that's, you get a t-shirt and oh, the barefoot yeah. button All and the sticker and tchotchke pack and you the got you, you got it it's it's a very special gift package yes all for being part of a Patreon sponsorship. Correct, Amundo. So, without further ado, as do it, and That's these right. are our executive producers. Thanks again, uh, Doug Christ, Zach J. Wright, Gary Goodman, Darren Gregory, Robert Marfleet, John Anglin, Chris Kearney, Sean S. Oliver Gonzalez, John Daly, Robin Smith, Derek Fitzer, Pete Marshall, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer. David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, 
and Tom Barazin. Thank you. Thank you all. Much appreciated. And thank you to everyone else who isn't getting their neighbor out on a thing that at the five and one dollar tier. It, it you guys, it helps so much. It really does. And um we're we're eternally grateful for your support. Uh, gentlemen, this has been an extreme privilege and an extreme pleasure. It has been so good to hear your story. I'm so thankful that you shared out from a, from a more personal standpoint, your background, Dr. No. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It was my honor. Subscribe! <laughs> yeah. Design for the pick guard. And, um, we will, uh, I, I, I'm sure he'll unveil it as it is. I made a very cool gold leather Doctor? Yeah? It sounds like you're falling down a flight of stairs right now. That, that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's a good outtake. We'll keep that. Well, that's it for these knobs please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.